This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Let us pray while standing. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise and declare that there is no God like you. Father, we come before you in our hearts. Knowing that we have not come before a man, but we've come before the God who created us and who sustains us. We have not come before a wicked king, but we have come before a loving father. Therefore, we look up to you, Lord. Let your mercy overcome judgment. As you choose to walk in love towards us, forgiving us of our iniquities and helping us out of every path of unrighteousness in our lives. We ask that by your word today that it brings strength to our inner man. Let it bring light into the dark areas of our lives and grant us the wisdom to walk in your truth. Not only for today, but for the rest of our lives. Deliver us from every bondage. Deliver us from every form of addiction. Deliver us from the deceptions of the enemy. And cause our hearts to trust in you. To follow you. And to live our lives the way you have ordained it. I pray for an increase in every area of our lives. Let your blessing abound. Let your grace go before us. Deliver us from evil. And keep us safe under your mighty power. Holy Spirit, we are at your leading as you lead us, we follow. Lead us. Lead us in the path of righteousness. Let the truth of God's word be delivered into our spirits. And may we receive it with gladness and joy. And may the seed of your word bear fruit in our lives. We thank you, Holy Father. We thank you, Jesus, our Savior. Our lover, you gave your blood to cleanse us. You gave your blood to set us free. May your blood never be in vain in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. 
Well, I'm told that second service, first service, you guys come late. So I was supposed to finish at 10. And I said, if it was 10, I was not going to come. Because I have a drive to Randbeck. I'm also building my church in Randbeck. This is your church, isn't it? I used to be here and you sacked me. So, okay, I used to be here and I moved. It's better. Yes, so it's okay. I'm also trying to get things to work in Randbeck. And they are, everybody, people are the same everywhere. When you don't show up, they don't also show up. So I try to be on time. When the service starts, I'm there. So that they know that service starts on time. And then we can also finish on time. Because as I say, people, they come late. And they want you to close on time. You get it. But anyway, people are the same everywhere. God is very patient with us. So as a servant, we must also be patient with everybody. Amen. Good. So this morning, uh, as the Lord will allow us. You know, I've been sharing during the Thanksgiving convention, that's uh, Friday night and uh, Saturday morning, to draw our attention to the, what God has in mind when he paid the price to save us. And it is important for us to know what he has in mind so that we don't do what we think he has in mind. Are you with me? Now, over the years, the preaching of the gospel has been affected by the wisdom of the world. You see, one of the things that happens to anything that starts is that there's a constant attempt to change it from its original state to the state that makes it ineffective. Oh, it's, it's history has proven no matter how powerful a servant, God will raise a vessel. It's just a matter of time. Everything gets, gets diluted. And I think God also understanding that fact never bothers or is never worried about starting afresh. But you see, in his starting afresh all the time, there's still continuity. So he takes a man, starts, gives the man a message. It is preached correctly, accurately. With time... Because the man is in the world, the spirit of the world always would influence you. If it doesn't influence you, the original person, it will influence the people you hand over to. Because you see, the people you hand over to were not the recipient of the message from God. Mm -hmm. The people you hand over to were not the original recipient. They received it from you as God has given it to you. Like some of the things that were said to Abraham. It was not said to, to, to Solomon. It was, it was passed on. The, the generations have passed many different people, all those things. So you realize that it doesn't take a lot for things to change. And so every now and then, it is very important to emphasize the original thing. You go back to the beginning. 
and say, let's start. What did God really have in mind when he sent Jesus into the world to save us? It is important. And don't ever have a mind that, listen, we want you to tell us something. I mean, look, there are issues. We have issues. Can I tell you something? Your issues are not important to God. Now, that's what I want to tell you. Your issues are not important to God. No. Let me, let me ask you a question. What do you, why, what do you, why do you think your issues are important to God? That's the question I'm asking. Why do you think your issues are important to God? What contribution do you bring to the table? You can't even keep yourself alive. Why do you want your contribution to be important to God? At least if you were able to keep yourself alive. In in other words, you had the power to sustain your life. Then we would want to hear what you have to say. But not somebody sustaining you and then you, 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 you want to have a say. think about it. So let, let's not be deceived. And so, so what I'm trying to say is that when, when God is speaking to you and taking you to the basics to remind you that this is where I started, this is where I want you to go. Listen. Because most of the time, what makes us not listen is that you say, look, look I want you to talk about Something that is really bothering me, not what you are saying. As for the basic, I know. Meanwhile, you, if you knew the basics, you would not be going astray. Are you here with me? And this one is very good for you, especially the first service people. Because the fact that you want to come for first service it's even a message in itself. <laughs> Do you get it? And that's why I'm saying it's good for you. So listen, let me go straight to the point. God knows everything. He knows everything. You and I, we know only what we are taught. So if we were in this world as we came and they told us that what we call left, they told us is right and what we call right is left, we would have accepted it. The reason why we say this is left and this is right, well, that's what we were told. You are disagreeing? Because if you watch every child, those of you that have had a chance of being around children, have you realized that when they are able to do things, when your shoes are there, including their shoes, they always go the opposite way. And it doesn't matter whose child it is. Is it because sometimes you say, oh, no, this is because the child is uneducated or is a child of an uneducated person, that's why they do it like that. Or a child of an educated person would do it differently. No. Once it's a child, they go in that way. What makes it so constant? Be it a white child, a blue child, a yellow child, a green child, they always cross. What makes it so? Are you understanding what I'm saying? 
So you grow to accept that this is left because that's what you have been taught. So you see, you don't know everything. You only know what you have been taught. You only know what you have been taught. Now, what you know of what you know depends on even who taught you. What you know depends on who taught you. Because it is your teacher that, must, that will determine the content of what you know. Therefore, therefore, when God speaks, you need to evaluate and say, between God and my other teachers, who is likely to know more? Because some of us, when we are being advised using the word of God, we tend to say that put the word as put that aside, put the Bible aside. And because we have our own formed opinion without questioning the origin of or the source of the information that has formed the opinion. And that's very dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. And you see, you see some of us. Basic things you are talking to us. No, don't do it like this. No, you see, that's my opinion. That's my way. That is your way. That is your way. Go ahead. These days, I even assess people to, before I even call them to talk to them. Oh, yes, yes. You see, when I was younger, I would talk to you from night to the morning. Now, no. No. Now, when I have to talk to you, and it's about it. I'll say, well, just do the Bible. That's all. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because I've learned that people will do what they want to do. Yeah, people will do what they want to do. So, when you come, I say, well, just do the Bible. Because that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just doing the Bible. What The, the way I live with my spouse is what the Bible says I should do. That's what I'm doing. Not the way I feel. I should do. No, the way the Bible says. And I'm just obeying it. It's up to you. Hallelujah. So, going back to the point that, you see, God who knows everything knows clearly who is in charge of us and who is who. You see, you think that you are the one who decided to do A, B, C, D. But God knows that you didn't decide. You were made to decide. And he knows how come we got to where we are. He was there from the beginning when there was nothing. And he has made this world that we live in. You see, we are only now trying to discover places we don't know by sending a, a, a spaceship, a spaceship and other rockets and things to places to mass what is there. We are trying to find out. But you think God is trying to find out what he doesn't know what is where. He knows what is everywhere. And the fact that we don't acknowledge him, it doesn't bother him. Because he knows, I mean, who are we to acknowledge him? And that if we don't acknowledge him, it will bother him. I mean, things that you have created, that you can decide out of here and you are gone. I mean, one small coronavirus, all of us were running away. A small virus, you can't even stand it. How much more God himself? 
Hallelujah. So, you see, God knows everything. And therefore, when he speaks, we must believe it. And you see, the sad thing that when I look at it is that when the Bible speaks, people don't even think, they don't want to think about it. But you see, if you want to subject the Bible, the word of God, to the analysis that you subject other things to, you will find out that even without taking it as the word of God, it will still win. Without taking it even as the word of God, just take it as a book written by some stupid guy. If you analyze the things in it and the things it says, you will st- if, and you analyze it well, you discover that the Bible will still win. Because God has said that even the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So if the Bible is God's word, then even when you analyze it and you see that it's even foolish, it will still top your top of the range wisdom that we have in the world. Hallelujah. So we have to believe the word of God. I said we have to believe the word of God and not to be deceived to think that we know what we are doing because you don't know what you are doing. You see, Jeremiah 10, 23 said, Oh God, oh God, I know that it is not in man or the way of man is not in himself. The way of man. How man's life is going is not in man's self. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. That's the prophet Jeremiah who was speaking to God and admitting that of a truth. As I am there, I may make my plans and I may do everything, but it has, it, it, none of them has to do with me. Oh, yes. Please, can you write it in another language? Yeah, give, it, give us another version. But you see, this is a truth. But it's a truth that we hardly consider. What do I mean by it's a truth that we hardly consider? Because we have not found out who is it that is directing us for us to tell them what we want to do so that they will do it for us. If it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps, who directs his steps? Have you ever woken up one morning and thought, who is it that is going to direct my steps? That I may talk to him that I, I would like to go to that place. I would like to do this. I would like to do that. So can you order my steps to do what I would like to do if it's okay with you? Are you here with me? I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Our lives are not our own. We, we are not able to plan our own course. Anybody here tell me you, 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 you can confidently say that the way your life has turned out is exactly the way you planned it. 
I mean, even, even I won't go far. That boy and your plans that you had for him, or that lady and the plans you had for him, let's examine it and see whether it's, it has turned out that way. So, so, okay, this is not a word of God. Is it true? That it, is it reflecting in your life? It's reflecting in your life because your plans have not worked. I mean, if, you, if your plans were working, you wouldn't be sitting here this Sunday morning. You would be somewhere in the clouds telling me how pastors are useless people. Oh yeah, is it not true? If your plans were working, you wouldn't be here this Sunday morning. I mean, this will be the last place you want to be unless the Lord has had mercy on you. So, you see, that your plans, we are not able to plan our course. It's true. Even if this is not the word of God and a foolish man somewhere makes this statement, it is true. But you see, God knows everything and he's telling us that in this world, in this world, there are forces that tries to run our lives. And he, not wanting the forces to run our lives, would pay any price or has paid the utmost price that was needed so that he can run our lives again. This is the work of salvation. Salvation says that I had my plan. I created man. And I told man what to do exactly. But man decided to disobey me. The effect of it is that I lost control over man's life. And that control, I have to regain it. And I will pay any price to regain this control over man's life. God is a control freak? No. No. I said, God is not a control freak. He created you. Your life belongs to him. To want to take back what is his is not a control freak. Because whoever is running your life did not create the life. Secondly, God didn't have to bother about you. He just has to start all over. Because he started all over when there was nothing. The Bible tells us that God created man out of the dust. So if you have one and it didn't work, just do a second one. But you see, there's a part of him that loves us. And says, I will not do a second one. The easiest thing for God to do is to wipe away everything and start afresh. That's the easiest thing. It's more easy to wipe out everything and start afresh than try to repair what is damaged. But you see, there's something about you that makes him not want to start afresh. 
And that is he loves you. He loves me. And he says, it may be difficult, but I'll do it. And he did it. He did it by becoming what is needed and paying the price that was required so that you and I will be free from the power of Satan. Remember, God's agenda is for him to run your life as he has created it to be. Now, stop arguing with him about what you want because you didn't create yourself. And rather, trust him to run your life in a way that will bring beauty out of your life. Because if you want to run your own life, there's only one sure conclusion of it. It will be run for you by Satan. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2 says that, And you who were dead in sins, has he quickened? And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein, please just, I think let's write it in English so that the people can read it. This English is, just, just go back to NLT. Because quickened and things like that, I mean, we don't know where they're quickened. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. How, how, many, how many agree that it was true? In the eyes of God, you were dead because of, we were dead because of our disobedience and many sins. You used to live in sin. And some of us are still living in sin. Just like the rest of the world. Now, what is just like the rest of the world? Obeying the devil. I wonder if you went to the nightclub right now. Or maybe in the night, if you go to the nightclub and you find any human being there and you tell them that it is the devil that has asked you to come and spend money here, whether they will agree. I don't think there's any human being. There may be one or two, but not a lot. Who would agree? That as they wake up every morning and they plan things to do, it is the devil that is controlling them. I don't think Putin, the Russian president, would agree that his decision to cause pain and havoc to a group of people and to the rest of the world to have the after effect of petrol prices high, everything changing, is the devil that is telling him that. No, he will not agree. But God says it is the devil. The only reason he will not agree is because he doesn't know. And many of us also in a like manner, there are things that we, we do and are doing that is not God ordained. That is clearly Satan ordained. But you see, Satan is clever. The Bible describes him as a deceiver. In other words, a deceiver is somebody who is doing something else but makes you think 
he's doing another thing. So in this case, he makes you think that you are the originator of it. The plans, the steps you are taking. Somebody's husband that you are sleeping with and you have made him your husband. Do you get it? Satan would tell you that, oh no, that is there. I mean, what do you want? What else can you do? He likes you. What else, what else is there? It's not your fault. If he was okay, would he come here? I don't know who I'm speaking with. Yeah, but I see that. I feel I'm speaking to somebody. In this particular example, I'm speaking to somebody. Somebody. You see, listen. Listen. It is Satan that is actually instructing you. It is Satan. You can explain and give me all the reasons. It doesn't change the who is behind the action. The Bible says, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. Do, doing what? Doing what? The commander of the powers in the unseen world. You see, when it comes to the Bible, when I see us Africans not believing the Bible, I have a problem. Because very few Africans don't believe in supernatural powers. From, I don't know about Cairo, but at least, what is the top most African country apart from the Arabs? From Niger. All the way to Cape Town. From Senegal all the way to Djibouti. Across the length and breadth of Africa, we believe in supernatural powers. We believe in supernatural powers so much that even our brain that God has given us to think, we don't, we don't allow it to work at its full function. But then when it comes to the Bible, then we do the opposite. If there's any group of people that the Bible has hardly influenced, it's us Africans. When the white people were being influenced by the Bible, it's reflected in their lives. Oh, yeah. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. We believe, there's no African that doesn't believe in supernatural powers. Except the few that went to school at Oxford and Harvard and things that have been, or they have a white brain or white thinking. But even the most educated African still believes in their ancestors and all the other powers. And they go for protection. Now, the Bible is telling us that there, there is a world that cannot be seen with the naked eye. And there are powers there that control human beings. Do you want to agree or not? 
Even if you don't agree, it doesn't change the fact. Now, so what is our portion? What is our portion? Where do we have a say? Because God created us and gave us a will. We may not have the power to do what we want to do, but we have a will to choose who does what to us. So, so having the will to choose who does what to us, why would we not choose well? Because of the two main powers, Satan and God, who has shown us love? Who has cared for us? Tell me what Satan has done for you. You see, that God has cared for you is the fact that he keeps keeping you alive even though you disobey him. That, that alone is enough. That alone is enough. Because if you were God, you would have switched off a lot of people's lives long ago. Oh, you would have switched it off long ago. Hey, switch it off. Switch it off. You just be switching off the lights. Oh, yes. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now, listen, listen. This God has shown us how he loves us by keeping us and sustaining us in spite of our disregard for him. In spite of our lack of acknowledgement of him as God, he still sustains us and keeps our world running. He still turns on the sun. Do you know that without the sun, we will not have life on earth? He keeps doing everything. As if we are so obedient and so honoring. This is not the power to choose to run your life. The power that loves you. The power that deals with you gently and kindly. Giving you the opportunity to change. Now, this is what God aims to do when he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. And he, when, he was, when Paul met Christ or saw Christ in a vision on his way to go and clear all the people that believed in Christ in Damascus. He was given an assignment and the assignment was that he must go and preach to open the eyes of the people so that they can see light and move away from darkness because the works of Satan are done in darkness. What, what, what do I mean by are done in darkness? It's not that they are done in the night. They are done in a state where you don't know what is being done. God tells you what he wants to do. Satan doesn't tell you. God demands your agreement. Satan doesn't need your agreement. God wants you to be aware that he's present. Satan wants you to be aware that he's absent. Meanwhile, he's fully present. So he told them, please, Acts 6, 26, verse 18. I thought you are preaching with me by now. He told them, he told Paul, go and do one, two, three. Go preach. Open their eyes. Let them see light so that they will turn from darkness. Acts 26, 18, not 6, 15. Who, what, who is the one controlling the? Where is the controller? It must be visible. 
He said to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. Of course, you need your eyes to see light. Because when your eyes are closed, light and darkness are the same. So to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. You see, God's number one agenda for you and for me is to switch powers. I said it's to switch powers. I said it's to switch powers. So that as for control, I promise you, you'll be controlled. That one is not for discussion. Pastor, what do you mean by I will be controlled? Let me ask you a question. How come all of a sudden you are there when the boy sends you a text? All of a sudden you have a strong feeling that you want to have sex. Meanwhile, you know he has, he has other girlfriends. And you have caught him. You have read his message. But as soon as he comes, hi, baby. It's like something comes over you. Then after you finish, you ask yourself, what came over me? That is, what came over you is that there's a power that pushed you the wrong direction. Have you ever... I shouldn't ask. <laughs> I wanted to ask a question, but the way he laughed, I felt he's, it's like, don't ask. But I feel like asking. Have you ever done something? Something. I don't want to mention any name. But have you ever done something that as the feeling or the thought of going to do it came, you knew that I don't, this is not what I want to do. And every step as you are going, you knew where it was going and yet you couldn't stop it. Is there anybody here? What happened? You see, what happened is that there is a force, there is a power that was pushing you against your common sense. So these powers are real. And God told Paul, Jesus told Paul, I want you to go to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. Now, if you are not conscious at all times of your life what power you may be under, you will never know when you are under the power of Satan. Let me say it again. If you are not conscious at every step you take in your life, what power you may be under, you will never know when you are under the power of Satan. Because Satan never tells you that I'm the one in charge. And many Christians don't ask themselves questions. What power am I under? This quarreling that I'm quarreling, or this anger that I'm exhibiting, is it the power of God that is manifesting? Or is it the power of Satan? Especially when you say you are born again. Because the born again person, the person who has believed in Jesus Christ as the son of God, the person who has received him as the Messiah, as our Lord and Savior, has the ability to be under the power of God. So unless, you see, when you are not born again, 
To be under the power of God, you don't have that ability. God can choose to unilaterally intervene in your life. That is, that is a given. But when you are born again, you have the right to be under the power of God. And God's power is available to, for your life at all times. Whether you are under it or not depends on you. And you always have to question it. To turn them from light, from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. He didn't say to turn them from not going to church to go to church. That is, you see, the church, the church is a means to an end. It's not an end in itself. And many of us have made the church an end. In other words, my goal is just to go to church. So let me go Sunday morning so that I mark my register that I came to church and I go to church. You see, going to church is not the same as being under the power of God. Going to church is not the same as avoiding being under the power of Satan. Because Satan goes everywhere. So your goal as a Christian is not to go to church. Your goal as a Christian is to be under the power of God continually. Every now and then, Satan will try to make an incursion, but quickly see it and block it. And to do that, it needs everything God has given you to do that. And what has God given you to do that? His spirit, the Holy Spirit, and giving you a new spirit, a reborn spirit. Most of us, unfortunately, we neglect what has been given to make us or help us to be constantly under the power of God. Painfully, many of us come to church, but many of us spiritually have not grown. A baby is of no use to anybody if the baby doesn't grow. Have you seen a baby president before? Have you seen a baby husband before? Have you seen a baby father before? We may call it baby father, but it's the father of the baby, not the baby father. Baby mother. It's not a baby. It's the mother of the baby. Because as long as you are a baby, you are of no use to anybody. You are a liability. You are a burden. But when you grow, then you can become a husband. You can become a manager. You can become a provider. You can become a friend. You can become... I mean, have you seen babies' friends before? Like two years... Uh, 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 even two years old, they make friends. Three months old babies, they are friends. They are going for a party. Three months baby party. You see, what I'm trying to say is that in this baby is a lot of potential. I mean, in this baby that is lying there, that is so helpless, if the baby was cared or were cared to grow, I mean, they care for the baby, for the baby to grow, 
this baby can make so many people happy. This baby can solve so many problems. This baby can improve the quality of lives for so many people, but not when the baby is a baby. It's the same is the story of your spirit. I said the same is the story of your spirit. The Bible says when Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3. Nicodemus came not to come and mock Jesus. But the Bible said there was a man named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night to say what? He said, Master or Rabbi, thou art a teacher come from God. Why? For no man can do the things you are doing except God be with you. But you see, Jesus loving him and wanting to help him told him the truth that you, it's good to say whatever you are saying. But you see, without a born again spirit, you may be a ruler of the Pharisees or you may be a ruler of the Jews. You may be a Pharisee, but Satan will control you. What you need is not to admire me. What you need is that you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, what? Must be born again? Ah. Because as far as Nicodemus knows, it is physical bodies that are born. And the, the sizes that are born as not, are not as big as he is. And the place where they come from, he doesn't have to go and measure there. He has been visiting there regularly and knows that his body can't go back. He knows with God all things are possible, but this one is not possible. So he said, wait a minute, born again? Are you saying I have to go back and come the second time? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You see, you know in part. You know about flesh being born. But there's also spirit being born. And so, what is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. What you are lacking is that your spirit is dead. It must be born again. Now, you see, this is, this is the work of God in you. When you accept Jesus Christ as a now, how can you neglect the work of God in you and expect God to bless you when the root that He has chosen to bless you is the root of having a reborn spirit that must grow to access all the provisions that He has for your life? I want to end by asking you a question Would you choose God's way? Or would you continue to choose your way? Because God said in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8, my ways are not your ways. Just in case you, you start to think that we are equal, we are not. He says, my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. 
For as far as the heavens are above the earth or are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. The way to live here on earth, to have a good life, not only here on earth, but hereafter, is known by God. And he loves you and me. Don't believe anybody that says that God doesn't love you. He loves you. Don't believe anybody that says that if God loves you, why would he allow this thing to happen to you? Most of the things that have happened to you have happened to you out of your disobedience. Just that sometimes when you are in pain, we don't want to say it. Most of the things that have happened to you have happened to you out of your disobedience. Out of your disobedience because the channel by which he will guide you away from them, you have closed the channel by not developing it. When your spirit is not developed, you lose the ability to be guided by God significantly. Because God guides you by your spirit through the Holy Spirit, not through your physical flesh and the way you feel. So as you are coming to church on Sunday morning and you are neglecting what should not be neglected, I feel sad. Because I stand here today and some of the things that have escaped, I have escaped, it's not because I don't have the feelings you have. It's not because I'm not as flesh as you, you are. But it's just because my spirit is being developed. So sometimes when God speaks, I hear How do you hear? I hear with my spirit. That's why there are times I tell people, I, or sometimes I say, mm, Peter, this thing, don't touch it. Leave it alone. How do you know? How do I know? My spirit tells me that leave it alone. You are better off leaving it alone. Yeah. So listen. I know you didn't come to hear what I'm saying. But you see, I'm not telling you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you have to hear. Are you with me? If, if I'm to be, if the church is to be a help to you, then it must tell you what you need to hear. What you have to hear, not what you want to hear. And what you have to hear is that you, if you are born again, you have a spirit. That spirit needs food. That spirit needs care and development. And from that spirit, all good things of this life would come to you. I said from that spirit that you develop, all good things of this life would come to you. You will see your life being a blessing. You know, sometimes there's a joy that comes when through you, people's lives change. I don't know about you, but I, I am happy only when people around me are happy. I don't know why God made me like that because it's a big problem. Because it makes you always want to help people work out things and some people are just stubborn. But you see, once they are connected to you, it's like when their lives are not going well, it, it sits on your happiness. That, that's my problem. 
So always I'm very active in people around me, their lives. No, you can't do this. Sometimes I'll be fighting them as if it's my life. But you see, the reason is because they are close. Once you move away from me, I'm free. Do what you want to do. It doesn't bother me. But when you are close to me, when you hurt, I hurt. So I have to make sure. Sometimes it's too much. Because if it's, if it's like, are you the Holy Ghost? But you see, because you want to be happy. And there's a joy that comes when your little contribution makes all the difference between night and day in a person's life. You see, there's a joy that that money cannot give you. There's a joy that money can never give you. When you see that by your simple guidance, no, don't do do it like this. You see that people are flourishing. They have money. They have everything they, they need in this life. And they are happy together as a couple. It's a wonderful thing. I tell you, if you haven't tasted it before, try and taste it. Where you do something or you guide people and their lives go on a higher plane. Oh, it's more than the alcohol that you have been drinking. It's more, it's more, I can tell you. I can tell you the difference because I've had a chance for both. Yes. My face doesn't look it when I tell people. But it's, it's, why would you not believe that I've drank alcohol before? Come again. The people who drink alcohol or who drank alcohol before, how do they look? Come again. Not like me. Seriously. Look, around the age of about 18 years, we were going to the factory. The factory, ABC. The clubhouse. I mean, that's around the age of 18, just before university. Yeah. But I thank God for my salvation. Because I would have missed this nice life. And I would have taken to alcohol. Just drinking. Because my friends were older. You see, I was very young. And I moved faster in schooling and things. So, my, some of my classmates were five years older than me. So, I was introduced to things at a younger age. So by 18, my friends were working in others, and one of them worked at the brewery factory. It's like one of them worked at SAB, SAB, SAB. Not SABC. <laughs> so you can imagine. There, there, when you go, what your money can, one but the cost of one bottle it can buy you about three bottles. So you can imagine if you have, and then sometimes also they will give it to you for free because it's clubhouse. It's like Friday, the workers are being entertained. The workers are being turned into useless things so that they'll keep working there and not develop. Because when you're always drunk, Friday night, when you're drunk, what, what do you think you can, when do you think you can sit down to start thinking about your life and seeing how you can improve your life? You always be a hand at the factory. They know what they are doing. I said they know what they are doing. 
So that was me. But when I look now and the joy that I have seeing people's lives turn well, I mean, it's a great joy to see Bishop Peter and Nono. I mean, because when I met them, they were young people. They were young. They were students. In fact, Nono used to play with my child. Like, her playmate was my little girl. In fact, today when I see that, you see the joy that it brings, you have no idea. Because these are people that you could have walked past and ignored them. But through the development of my spirit, I chose the way of God. And God brought into my life people that he himself has better plans for. So it's like God is going to make the people's lives beautiful. But he chooses you to be the tool by which he does his work. So that you can also receive the joy. Oh, it's a nice thing. I don't know how many bottles of alcohol would give me the feeling that I have when I see them in different places at meetings. Every meeting I go, he goes with me. He's, he's, I, the chair I sit on, he also has his chair like mine that he sits on. Isn't it beautiful to see somebody that you have raised from nothing sit with you side by side at the same table? It's a beautiful thing. It's a joy that no bottle of alcohol or bottles of alcohol can give you. Yeah. But you see, that comes when you take care of your spirit. And I, so for many of you, I believe that God's plan that is waiting to unveil in your life is beautiful. It's beautiful. But your spirit must not be neglected. It starts with taking care of your spirit. Reading your Bible. Most of you don't read your Bible. You don't read it. Meanwhile, you have all that it takes. And yet, you don't read it. And you can read. I said you can read. Instead of reading those uh, magazines, at, magazines at the shop, the one, these women's magazines and things. Dram, thank you. Do you still read Dram? Or you don't buy it anymore. What's the latest one? You read novels. You see, change some of the novels to the Bible. And it will take you higher. You'll be surprised. How God will use your life and you'll say, is, is that me? Oh yeah, is that is you. That's you. Spend a bit of time to pray. Most of you don't pray. Of course, how can you pray when you don't read your Bible? Because it is the reading the Bible that will give you a motivation to pray. Most of you don't listen to preaching. The only time you listen to preaching is that 30 minutes that you have come when I'm halfway through the service and you didn't even know where I started from. Why do you do this to yourself? Do you hate yourself that much? I said, do you hate yourself that much? 
Why do you hate yourself to neglect all the provisions of God for a wonderful life for you? Why do you hate yourself? It has to be Satan. I said it has to be Satan who is influencing you to do so much evil to yourself. Considering the provision that God has made for you and you have all the abilities. You can hear, you can see, you can read. You can understand what you read. You can understand what you hear. So why are you not using it? Every form of deception in your life, in the name of Jesus, I break it. I break it. Let's rise to our feet. I break it. I break it. I break it. I break it. In the name of Jesus. And set you free. Be free. Be free. Be free. And do that which is loving to yourself. Giving yourself the attention that it deserves. In the word, your spirit is no longer being neglected. Oh yes. Holy Spirit, bring understanding to our hearts. Bring understanding to our hearts. Help us. Help us to walk in every provision that you have made for our lives. Oh, you are God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. Thank you. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, the power of God with us, move in our hearts, move in our spirit. Open our eyes to see what God has prepared for our lives. And lead us step by step into that preparation. Let not any lie prosper in our lives. Deliver us, Lord, from the wickedness of the enemy by exposing every lie every belief that is not of you in our lives cause us to see it and give us the strength to let go Lord expose the agents of Satan in our lives that we will dissociate ourselves from them every lie in our minds Lord throw your light that we may see it clearly that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions that we will rather labor to be blessed and to be a blessing in the name of Jesus thank you Holy Spirit thank you Lord as every head is bowed and every eye closed I want to invite you to come to Jesus like Nicodemus you may admire Jesus but Jesus said to Nicodemus you must be born again. Today I say to you, you must be born again. And you want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. You said I have a choice regarding which power would operate in my life. I want the power of God to operate in my life. Therefore, I need Jesus. For Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It is by Jesus that we gain access to the power of God. 
Our faith in him as the son of God and our faith in his saving power. That is what gives us the right to be children of God through our born again spirit. It's not the church, it is Jesus. Therefore, every head bowed and every eye closed. You want to say, Pastor, I have been going to church to be honest with you, but I've never made this decision to be born again. And I want to do it right now. Lift up your right hand wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift it up high. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Lift it up high. Let it go up. It cannot be that all of us here are born again. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. Lift it up high. You must be born again. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about being born again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, I see a few hands that are lifted up. These lifted hands are not to a man, but to a God who sees. Father, you who sees all hearts, the lifted heart is a crying heart that says, I come just as I am. Father, thank you that you will no wise cast anyone that comes to Jesus away. For you have brought them to you. You lifted up your hands. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. Don't clap. Don't clap. Just let a person come forward. Let them come forward quickly. Help them to come. Father, come, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for your dear daughter. Today she stands alone. But like a master seed, out of her shall come many branches that shall be a blessing unto many. I thank you, Father. You want to pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, join in, let's pray. My sister, pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my life. And I come to you as my God. I ask you to forgive me of my disobedience in my life. I come to obey you and to follow you as you guide me. You are the power that I desire. You are the power that I want. To control my life. Therefore, I submit my life to you totally. And I choose what you choose for me. You gave me Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. I accept him as the way, the truth, and the life. And I confess him as my Lord. I confess him as your son who died for my sins. He rose again on the third day. I believe in his blood that was shed for me. By this blood 
Cleanse me, Father, of all my sins, of all the guilt of my sins. And in the power of this blood, I come boldly before you as my Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. And thank you for giving me a new life. Let all your works be done in my life as you have planned. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I wanted to go with our brother. He will speak with you briefly. And come. Please be seated. I wanted to do the communion, but I'm running out of time. And uh, so I'll ask Bishop Peter to continue. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platforms.